listening to the Killy Shrew View podcast, the home of two clubs, one love, Shrewsbury Town and Kilmarnock FC. Hello there listeners and welcome to another week of the two clubs, one love, Killy Shrew View. Hope you're all well as you're joined by myself, Martin and co-host Rob as we introduce our first guest in Jonathan Harry's uh, MK Dons fan and Newcastle United fan. He'll be talking about MK Dons' chances of promotion this season. He'll also be talking about the new brand of football played under their current manager and he'll also be talking about how they defeated the Shrews in style with some nice attacking football. Scott Twine will also be mentioned. Daniel Ludo gets a mention, plus others. There'll also be talk about a certain Will Grigg. Predictions will be mentioned. Sam Cosgrove will get a mention. And yes, the 1-11 to all-time favourite MK Dons team. Why not have a lesson? Take care, enjoy, and thanks for listening. And what a thought he's played. He has got the MK Dons equalising goal. Cook is a market that can find him. Flag has stayed down again. And he's got a second goal. What an impact. Andy Cook. Fantastic finish outside of his right foot. Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Clubs, One Love, the Killy Shrew View. As me and co-host Rob look into our recent match in Milton Keynes, after successfully beating them on home turf back in October, we had the chance of a double for the first time this season, believe it or not. And after our recent run, it just looked possible. But, as we all know how it went, Rob, it was... 2-0 to the MK Dons and we'll get talking about that with our host Jonathan Harris uh, who um, is I believe helps with trash talk um, and he also has a second club in Newcastle United um, maybe supported them before MK Dons were born we'll find out more about that <laughs> um, but first of all um, we'll introduce yourself Rob so Rob how are you this week yeah good thanks mate you okay yeah, not bad. I'm sure Jonathan's um, glaring at the screen, thinking, "Yeah, you had to get that one in." I'm sure he'll be. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure he'll he'll put me straight in a moment. But um, mm. yeah, no, not bad, not bad week. I mean, for you, uh, <laughs> tell us about your trip to MK Donzen. Uh, the result was only half a bloody uh, issue with me. I, it took hours to get home. Um, on the way back, one of the trains just stopped at one of the stations on the way for 45 minutes. Um, which meant I was definitely going to miss my uh, my connection at Birmingham New Street. And uh, by the time I got to Birmingham New Street, um, yeah. all the train the next two trains were both cancelled. So I didn't get home till between half ten and eleven o'clock. Oh mate, nightmare, nightmare! Off the back of a defeat like that. That's that's brutal. I mean, yeah, going down there for a defeat after being so positive. Yeah. Um, uh, both of us could be fair on there recently, and then to yeah not score and. Yeah, I suppose we'll, we'll talk about the game in a minute, but um, let's let's introduce our host then. So, Jonathan Harris, um, like I say, mentioned there, who um, I think you do the trash talk, is that right? Yes, it is. Uh, first of all, thank you for having me on. Um, so, I volunteer for the Milton Keynes Don Supporters Association. Uh, so, I do uh, all the trash talk articles with the opposition fans. Um, and then I also write the previews for every game beforehand as well. And that goes on their website every Saturday morning, so it's a fun sort of um, fun sort of thing to do for free, and uh, absolutely buzzing after Saturday. 
because that game was a lot closer than 2-0, I can tell you that. Mm. Yeah, that certainly you, massively embedded in a club. What's that, sorry? I said um, it, must, it must feel good, like, being embedded in a club, being able to, you know, um, have such an impact each week like that. Yeah, it is. I mean, obviously, with our, with our history, um, it's obviously hard to get... Um, respect from certain like other clubs and things like that and it's hard to yeah. sort of build relationships and sort of the past year it's been really good there's obviously uh us at the mk dsa there's the three lads on the mk1 podcast which is on the fan hub website there's the lads at don's action as well and just we're just looking to grow grow the fan base really because obviously yeah. we always get we always go off oh, we'll go into the soulless bowl whenever in the wayside comes. So, yeah, it's really good to be a part of. Come on, come on. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan, obviously, joking aside, like I always have um, this joke with uh, my, my mate Rob. I don't know if you know Rob. Um, Rob Mullen. Mullen. Um, he, he, I always always wind them up like about that. I think it's like you say, you have to get that respect um, uh, because of, like you say, the history. But, I mean... To be fair, jokes aside, MK Dons are a very sort of well-structured club. Um, yeah. Me and Rob were talking about this off-air before you came on about that they've got the infrastructure in place, you know, with the state, the stadia. Um, you know, in terms of the brand of football you play is something that probably something Shrewsbury would look to um, like to play and a lot of other teams, you know, would like to aspire to. Um, I mean, both games this season, you've had... I mean, you had something ridiculous like seventy-four percent possession at our place. Even though we beat you, we somehow had more possession and created probably more chances in the away game, yeah. and yet you still had about you know sixty odd percent possession, if not a bit more. Um, so, in terms of your, the way you're playing that, it's no surprise to see uh, where you are in the table. But like you say, you are sort of gaining that respect of playing good football now, rather than just being this sort of um, you know. Wimbledon of the past, or you know, is that you know, is that sort of? I I personally think decision. people should start looking past that now. I think that it's just um, right. it's just a, a re or a way of away fans to to have a dig in any opportunity for any club to have a dig at their opposition. I think they will. And I I think you know it was a long time ago now, and they still need to start oh, looking yeah. past that now for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's always going to be that. That rivalry. I mean, we've got them Saturday first visit to their new stadium, so that will be a rather interesting away day. <laughs> uh, and especially the form they're in and the form we're in, we're all sort of a bit nervous that they're going to do us over. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's taken a long time. We did obviously under Carl Robinson, we had the reputation of good football. We obviously had that special night at home to Man United. We got promoted to the Championship, and then. Uh, Unfortunately, I had a recruitment at the time, sadly passed away that summer. So um, all the building blocks were sort of taken out and we really struggled in the championship. And then we came back down to League One and sort of mediocre. Then it got really bad. Um, we got um, Robbie Nielsen in, the uh, current Hearts manager. Uh, he wasn't liked by the, the fans or anything and he came and went. And then we got uh, we got relegated from League One to League Two. We then got Paul Tisdale, who steadied the ship and got us promoted on the last day against Mansfield. Winner winner takes all. And then uh, yeah, again Tisdale was sacked because we were struggling again. League One. 
Then uh, Winkleman went a bit left field with uh, Mr. Process Russell Martin, as I like to call him. Um, <laughs> all the um, all the possession stats we had last season, which I'm sure bored the living daylights out of you two, seeing it all posted with the, all this possession, but no purpose and passing about 500 passes a game. And then it's just evolved with uh, Liam Manning and it's evolved quicker than I, I actually thought it would. I think a lot of fans sort of when Russell Martin left for Swansea thought, right, what's going to happen now? Because the squad was good, but we obviously didn't know who's going to be in charge and we didn't know much about him. But uh, yeah, it's, it's gone probably better than I, I expected, especially under under Manning because he's more about um, possession with a purpose, which yeah. I'm sure you guys, well, especially you, Robbie, for that, that first goal on Saturday, yeah. three passes yeah. and we were in. Yeah. Yeah, very much yeah, so. That, um, that's something on, that, that, yeah, we'll touch on in a bit, but it was something that Cottrell um, identified um, about how you play, you know, down the middle and counter, you know, basically, like you say, the, 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 the passes, um, it, it was just, it's hard. You look at you look at us from a Shrewsbury point of view, and you think, yeah, we should have defended that better. But at the same point, you're looking at it as a neutral as well. You're probably thinking that's great possession play and, and great counter attack and just great movement and, and clinical. You know, it's a great, it was a great clinical finish, and that was the difference. I mean, if Bowman had stuck that chance away moments before, um, you'd be looking at a different a different type of game because Shrewsbury would then make it more difficult for you and harder to break down maybe I don't know but it's yeah. goals win yeah. games and we just on Saturday left our shooting boots in Salop yeah <laughs> the one thing I said to, to Martin off air as well was um, I don't know if you've, you've seen come up against Oxford or seen, seen you guys play Oxford this season yet but um, until Saturday Oxford were probably the best ball playing side we'd come up against um, well, certainly at the Meadow the other week and um you know, in in sort of small spaces, little triangles. But I think you know you were you were as good as Oxford on on the ball, and probably the best two sides I've seen on the ball this season. To be fair. Oh, brilliant! Thank you. I mean, as as I say, under Russell Martin, it was all about passing from the goalkeeper to the centre back, back to the goalkeeper, and everything. And it what it as a fan, it was frustrating. Yeah. But um, yeah. Liam Manning seems to have uh, he seems to have evolved it. We're sort of passing forward quicker. We're um, Using the wing backs more as well. Um, the the two midfielders of Coventry and McEachern are just absolutely sublime. And then, as you say, when you've got three forwards like Scott Twine, who's just in ridiculous form this season, and Mo Issa, give him give him that sort of chance, and you may as well go back to the halfway line with the ball because nine times <laughs> out of ten he he just sticks it in the net. But as you say, Ryan Bowman had that had that chance literally. I think. It was just before we, literally just before we scored, wasn't it, Rob? Oh, it's so annoying score. because it wasn't just the finish. I mean, as soon as Bowman had got the ball, um, if he'd have looked up, Udo was in. He could have just played Udo straight in, but um, unfortunately, he runs with his head down a little bit and um, tried to twist and turn his way out of trouble. And well, you know what happened in the end. But um, yeah, frustrating that. Yeah, it was probably yeah. see, see considering uh, how how strong we've been as a unit. I mean, take. Rotherham and Wigan away before Saturday we had the best defence in the league and yeah. yeah we had conceded two I think like yourself as well um, have conceded a goal less than us and I think we're equal well we're fourth best defence now but you know I always thought it was going to be like maybe a one goal game in it and it's just disappointing from a Shrewsbury aspect you don't mind 
like conceding when players were good play, which it was. But at the same point, from our point of view, like I just mentioned that that's something that we've been good at all season. Um, so you expect us to probably deal with that a bit better, but we just got caught out. Um, and, and like you say, I mean, Scott Twine, um, Moise are ridiculously players at this level. I mean, Scott yeah. Twine especially. I remember when he was at like Newport, and I'm sure he was on loan. Oh, where was he at last year? Was it, and was it at Swindon? Was it last? He got him. He, he was at Swindon permanently, but then they sent him on loan to Newport. He had his own goal of the season competition up until January for Newport, oh, yeah, and yeah, then. Right. Uh, and then he came back to Swindon and I think on his return to Swindon, he scored two crackers away at Ipswich. I was just about to mention a free kick or something ridiculous from like 40 yards. It was like absolutely... Yeah. It was like, I mean, I, I remember him now. I mean, he scored, like you say, uh, that I'm sure he scored like 15 odd goals across the two divisions in probably about 25 games or something like that. So he didn't... You know, goal, goal ratio was really good. But I mean, this season, he's taken it to another level. Um, he was surprisingly quiet. I was at the away game, sorry, at the home game um, when we beat you one 0 and he was surprisingly quiet then. And Mo Issa was probably the one that looked like the the, the one that was going to score in that game. Yeah. But still, he, he has that magic in him um, to just create something out of nothing, and that's something that like we've missed really this season. Um, sort of plays deeper than the other strikers, I would say, and creates chances. I mean. Was it 10 assists, 11 assists and 14, 15 goals this season? That's just... 15 goals and 11 assists. I think he's top of the EFL charts for goal contributions and he's also matched Deli Ali for goal contributions in a single season, which is just ridiculous um, for the club. And for the fact that we got him for, well, I would say free, but we had to pay a tribunal fee, but it was peanuts. And the contribution he's made has just been ridiculous. I mean, I watched his hat-trick against Fleetwood live. Probably the best hat-trick I've seen live, like free kicks, long-range efforts. It was all flying in. And uh, the thing with the thing with Twine is he he wants more. That it's not it's not enough for him. He said post-match on on Saturday he he wants more goals. He wants more assists. He 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 wants to do more. And you think someone that's had that many contributions to still have the hunger to do more and it's not just his attacking play. I mean, um, his um, closing of the defenders when we, we press high. I, I mean, I thought Mo Weiser was pretty good with that on Saturday, closing down and giving Landell all sorts of issues. I'm not sure if that's why Landell went off at half-time. But, uh, yeah, it's just brilliant to have a player like that and be able to watch him live. Because, unfortunately, we didn't get to see Scott Fraser live and he was doing similar numbers last season. Yeah, a bit of a strange one with Scott Fraser. I spoke to, um, not not you, Rob, but uh, MK Don's fan, Rob, about this. Um, you know, about how, he's, how he went to Ipswich and you thought he was going to be their star player and obviously they, they got rid of him to Charlton. It's a bit of a strange one. I'm, I'm surprised that you didn't actually go back for him um, back in January uh, when he went to Charlton, to be fair, because it, like the form he was on, he was on scintillating form for you guys um, last year. Um, the sort of player that you would, would love to have in your team any day of the week. Yeah, I'll definitely Absolutely. vouch for the um, the pressing on our on our back. Well, back three in the first half certainly. I mean, we we play across the back a lot, and and you know we're very patient in you know distributing to midfield at times. Um, 
but we were rushed into that on Saturday because, um, like you just said there, John, you know, you were pressuring Landell. Um, less so Pennington. I think Pennington's probably, you know, better on the ball than, well, he certainly is than Landell, but um, uh, certainly Landell, he was, um, he was rushed a lot and, and that created, you know, quite a few quick turnovers for you guys. So, um, yeah, good spot, actually. I think, I think that's why they played Landau, like why we play Landau in the middle there with a three, because we've got Pennington who's right-footed, Flanagan who's left-footed, yeah. and they complement each other on the, the side of that defence. And Ebanks Landau's is strong and physical, so he just wins the headers. But like you say, when he's, on his, when he's chasing balls or he's on his foot, that's probably his weakness. And, his, yeah. you know, and obviously when you're coming up against the likes of Mo Isa Twine who are just running at you, <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought it was a tactical decision, but according to Cottrell, I think he got like, he's been carrying a knee injury for a yeah, yeah, knee, yeah, so right. It'll be interesting to see what he does if he brings Leahy in or Nurse into defence and switches one of them out wide or gives Pierre a chance. Um, you know. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. It, it was just one of those days, I think. I think MK Dons were just too good. Like you said, Rob, they're one of the best teams in the division. They know yeah. how to pass the ball. They remind me of when I used to grow up watching the Premier League and um, how you'd, you'd always sort of say, who would you go and watch, uh, you know, pay a ticket to go and watch play? And I was like, Arsenal, because they, they just, they played like great football. And um, MK Dons are like sort of the Arsenal of, of League Two, uh, League One, sorry, I would say at the minute. They're, they're very, very good on the ball. Ruffle yeah. Martin started that off. But then, like you say, your manager now this season's taken it to a whole new level. I just thought last season he was it was too risky, um, trying to be too clever. I mean, the game we played you at our place and beat you four two. Some one or two of the goals were down to you passing it around the back too much, um, yeah. and just gifting silly goals away. And I think that you know, like you say, getting it like through the middle quicker and out to the wing backs um, sort of stretches the team and. and has us chase or other or other teams chasing. So yeah, he's got that spot on Jonathan. The, you know, there's much improvement. I can see that as a Shrewsbury fan. Yeah, thank you. Um, it it it's just lovely to see. I mean, we if there's the option to go long, we we do go long. I mean, Harry Darling's got a heck of a foot on him if he wants to ping a pass, or he can step out of defence himself and uh commit players and. Uh, he actually didn't do that Saturday because normally he has a couple of runs like that, but he, he didn't Saturday. Um, I think it'd be really miss of me to say that if Odoa had scored that um, one, that coming, I don't know how coming saved that one in the first half. Just I think it was just before half time, Rob, yeah. where he yeah, volleyed, right. I think it was like half volley. Yeah, like we yeah. were behind the goal and we were like that's in, and he, it was so instinctive, was wasn't it? Jamie coming, he's just. An absolute upgrade on Andrew Fisher was sort of reflex and shots wise. Granted, he hasn't got the passing range, but when you've got a keeper like Jamie Cumming who's so calm and composed, it makes the whole defence sort of composed as well. I think that's the involvement of of um, MK Dons this season. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's um, it's it's good. I mean, I, I look at MK Dons. You know, I keep sort of. Um, Probably you're probably loving this tonight, Jonathan. Hearing from us too, but you kind of <laughs> not you kind of not deny how good MK Dons are this season. Even I hate to admit to, to uh, Rob when I see him. I'm going I'm going out to a wedding next week, so I'll be seeing him, and he'll be listening to this. So I'm sure um, when it when it comes out. But 
yeah, no, I mean, they are sort of like the blueprint of um, how to play good football going into the next season. And, and Shrewsbury, to be fair, we've talked about this, Rob, haven't we? We've got a great side in terms of the, the um, spine of the team. And if we can just tweak it with some good signings, we'll be a half-decent team. But I do think like, you need to look at the likes of MK Don, Oxford, even Plymouth. They're, I mean, they're, they're a different team to last year and a real tough team to play. And yeah. those three teams have been the best teams we've played, but especially MK Dons, the way they pass the ball, just break. I mean, you know, you, you think about it, Jonathan, right? Rotherham have struggled. They haven't even scored against us this season. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've we've beaten other teams up there. Like, and obviously we beat yourself at our place, but even then, how you didn't score that game and get something from it, it was I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's just because it was my daughter's first ever game and she bought the luck that day. But it was, you know, even watching that game, it was hard watching because we got the goal and then literally as soon as we got that goal, it was a case of backs against the wall uh, for the yeah. whole second half. And yeah, it was just, I really do hope that like maybe Cottrell has taken a few notes from um, how MK Don's played on Saturday and, and try and implement that next season into our squad because that is the way to play football in League One if you're going to get out of it. If you want to play it in style, get out of it. I mean, you've got one of the best defences and, and one of the best attacks in the league and, you know, that's a that's a that's that's the combination you need to get out of this league, isn't it? Yeah, I've said uh, we're only a, we're creativity away from being a good top-half side. Uh, you know, just a, just a bit of composure and creativity in the middle and that and maybe just a, you know, slightly bigger squad because we have got the smallest squad um, in the league. So, um, so yeah, like you say, the blueprints there. Um, be interesting to see what he does in the summer to try and, you know, try and bolster what we've got. Yeah, most definitely. Absolutely. I mean, as I said, I was I was really pleasantly surprised by Shrewsbury. I like Odoa. He was he was causing a nuisance. Um, I thought, is it is it Fonser in the midfield? Is that uh, Tyrese Fauna? Fauna, <laughs> that's it. I thought he was brilliant. absolutely brilliant against Coventry and McEachern. I mean, second yeah. half for me, Coventry ran the show, but he 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 was trying. Um, I was a little bit disappointed in Josh Vella. I thought yeah. he was a little on the quiet side, but you have got the the spine of a good team there. Um, the only the, the only one that winds me up is Luke Leahy because every time the decision went against you, it seemed like he was the first one to complain to the referee. Oh, he, he does, he does. <laughs> there's a reason. There's a reason yeah. why he's got eleven bookings this season. Yeah. As, as good as he is, he does pick up silly bookings that's not needed. Yeah. But he's one of those players, Jonathan, that you want in your side. Yeah. Because he gets stuck in and and and. Yeah, he can be annoying for opposition, but I mean, for us, he's he's been phenomenal. He's been our player of the year, probably up there along with Udo and that. But I get why <laughs> opposition fans. I mean, the Rotherham game, for instance, we talked about this, didn't we, last week, yeah. Rob, um, or whenever it was. That he, he went down and he got sort of a, a forearm smash, but it wasn't like a a real heavy one. Right. He made the most of it, but I think. You get players that just do that, and yeah, yeah. and if it's on the, if it's the other way round, he's the first to go steaming in to try and um, you know tell someone what he thinks of him as well. So so yeah, complete. Um, I think um, it's a, a phrase that ends with house is probably um, something house is what he's the he's that of our team, and we love him. <laughs> 
He's like he's like the Scott Brown, the Scott Brown appearance yes. that was. Yes. You know, when Celtic had him for years, and, <laughs> and no one wanted a Scott Brown, and I hated him. They couldn't stand him. Like, but when you've got him, it's a bit like Kilmarnock had an Alan Powell like that as well. But I'm sure I'm sure that you've had plenty of those throughout the years. I'm sure I'm sure Vinnie Jones used to play for a Dons once like that. As well, <laughs> Oh, don't answer you, that, Dean John. Lew- don't don't, don't no. answer him. I think our closest <laughs> one would be Dean Lewington, and he always pulls out what the home fans call a Lewington, where he somehow gets a foul out of something that you think, how's he got a foul out of that? And uh, I don't think he did it too much Saturday, but uh, I I think for such a young side, I think we're one of the younger sides in the league. I think our temperament has been really sort of good this season. I mean. We went down to 10 men against Rotherham a few weeks back. Uh, Daniel Harvey got sent off and Rotherham scored a penalty. Barlasa decided to try and wind up the home fans. But no, they just kept their head and we, we actually went to Rotherham and won. We've gone to Wigan and we've won. We've done the double over Portsmouth, done the double over Wickham, done the double over Charlton. Um, and the playoff finalist Lincoln, we've done the double over. So there is the there is real sort of optimism that now this is the time to to strike and go into the championship and yeah the 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 longer this season goes on the more hope i'm getting that either one of rotherham or wigan i think it's rotherham if any of the two are going to slip up the top two it's going to be rotherham given their fixtures coming up towards the end of the season and um, their form as well they've only won one of the last six or something like that so yeah from all they were lucky they they were lucky to win yesterday and all against Sutton united Yeah. yeah i heard that so, yeah, I mean, where the referee got seven minutes added on time, um, know, but Rob always so. seem to get Rob always seem to get that look at Wembley, don't they? Uh, Rob, we know about that. <laughs> they, um, they, uh, they put a picture up um, earlier today on Twitter, and it showed their four victories at Wembley, and um, we were on the receiving we end of two of them. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> horrible, horrible. I, the, the the worst thing about that was we it was just a stupid mistake for that that last one we got you know to be minutes away from the championship I mean it's for a club like Shrewsbury like you know that was probably that's the closest we've been and God knows how long but it's um I mean like you say we, we can do it we 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 we're, we're up there um in terms of like good defence um like you say we just need to find. That instinct up front, and and that's what yeah. killed us on Saturday. Um, like you, you mentioned, Jonathan, that fantastic save by Cummins there to deny Udo Bowman, you know, before your goal. Um, Luke Leahy in the first half yeah. even had a shot over the bar. You know, there was chances there. And we, you know, when you're one nil down, you're thinking, yeah, we're still in this game. Like we can snatch a draw, and I'd have taken a draw any day um, of the week. Like I predicted a one nil draw, and then I see see when that second goal goes in, you you just know the game's by because. MK yeah. Dons can relax and play their football even more when we're chasing the game and holes open up and it could have been 3-0, you know, on another day. So it's just it's just one of those games that we just put under the carpet and we move on. Um we 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 haven't really got anywhere. We're not getting relegated, we're not getting promoted, we're just sort of trying to see the season out and do as best as we can. Um, people no, say we're on the beach, but we're not, we still want to finish as high as possible. Um but we have got some really tough games coming up. Um, we've got Ipswich at home, Sunderland away, 
Um, and Wigan at home on the last day, and then Donny at home. Oh my Charlton God, Charlton away. away, yeah, before then. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, we're on 48 points. So we should beat Doncaster at home to get that 51, and then Charlton possibly get a win there or a draw. Uh, one or two draws elsewhere. We could be Ipswich or Wigan at home. Just depends on uh, Ipswich have sort of got a slight chance of the playoffs. Wigan might be promoted by then. But talking of uh, Wigan at home on the last day, Jonathan, you've got Plymouth away, who are still chasing top four, an outside chance um, as well. Um, that last day could be very interesting. You may need us to do your favour, depending on how the games go. Absolutely. I mean, even before then, our Easter weekend, Sheffield Wednesday at home on Sky on the Easter Saturday, and then we're away at Oxford on the on the Tuesday. So that is a great period. game. What, the Oxford one? Yeah, I mean, like I said, best two passing sides I've seen this season. That'd be a great game. Yeah, I mean, we played them earlier on in the season, but at that point, we had a few uh, key players out with COVID. Scott Twine, Mo Iser, Troy Parrott, um, Harry Darling. So the spine of our team was affected that day. Yeah. And we actually took the lead, but Oxford just completely dominated us and probably deserved the win. But um, it's, it's going to be a real close end to the season. We've got crew at home tomorrow night so barring an absolute disaster you think three points against crew then we've got AFC Wimbledon Saturday and then we've got Sheffield Wednesday Oxford and then we've got Morecambe as our last home game and then say Plymouth away that could be a potentially if Plymouth keep it up and Rotherham slip up enough it could be a automatic promotion sort of last day of the season and going wow. to home park at any point of the season is is scary, but to have that much riding on it would be wow. That would be so nervous, but so MK Dons because last two promotions we've done on the last day of the season, so it's probably going to happen. Yeah, Oxford, drama. Oxford Oxford could actually do you a favour as well because they've got Rotherham um, to play in their fixture list, haven't they? So. There's going to be a few twists and turns. I think Plymouth have got a tough fixture list. I don't think they're going to be in the reckoning for it, but you just can't rule them out after they beat after beating Oxford themselves. You know they've beaten Oxford twice this year, um, so so they'll be a tough game um, to play. And and even even you know last game of the season, Plymouth away may determine who you play in the playoffs as well. So um, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. It's it there's so much to play for, and I think League One has been probably the most competitive out of the three leagues. You could say League Two's competitive with the playoff race and everything, but you think about the amount of good sides that are up up there, you've got your Rotherhams and your Wiggins, obviously, and then you've got Sunderland, Wickham, Ipswich, uh, obviously Charlton and Lincoln have struggled this season, but Sheffield Wednesday. I, yeah, Sheffield Wednesday, they've they've hit form at just the right time as well. It's just it's been a brilliant league, I think, and uh, it'd be uh, if you get promoted from it this season, then you've definitely earned it. That's for sure, hundred percent. You know, you know what the frustrating thing is as a Shrewsbury fan. You look at all those teams up there. So we've took four points off Rotherham. We should have took six off them. Uh, we lost in the last minute away to Wigan, and we deserved a draw in that game. Um, Plymouth four Wigan, points off. Yeah. Yeah, we can talk. We, we'll, we'll ignore the Plymouth because they just beat us home and away. Um, you know, they, they like I say Oxford as well. But then Oxford, we nearly snatched a draw, like you know, at home. But then we beat Sheffield Wednesday home, drew away. We drawn at home to Sunderland. 
Um, you, you know, we, we, we do, I mean, we beat you as well, obviously, at home. Um, you, you know, so when you look at Shrewsbury's results, it's quite frustrating, really, because, um, like yourself, you've thrown points away at Doncaster. Um, yeah, thanks for reminding me. <laughs> but even ourselves, when we were down there as well, you know, um, and, and we're like that as well, obviously, not on, uh, as you're on a smaller scale compared to us in that respect. But it's so frustrating because, you know, when we know ourselves, we can compete at the top. I mean, and then you look at those of Atkins and Stanley that have been up there in the top half, and Cheltenham, you know, they've scored 60 goals this, this season, which is crazy, really. Um, yeah, there's, there's some... There's some teams in there that you think shouldn't be there, but you know the the league is so competitive, like you say, Jonathan. And there's no reason why a Shrewsbury or a Lincoln. I, I chatted to a Lincoln fan the other week, and yeah, I, I, you know they've been up there in the past. Um, there's no reason why we we can't get back up there again. Um, but it's such an exciting league. I mean, I remember looking not so long ago, thinking, God, we we, we could go down here. And all of a sudden, we're 13 points clear, and we're only three points. We're 16th, but we're three points off 12th, which is a great finish to the season. So there's a lot wow. to play for for us still. Absolutely. I mean, I was in the same boat as you a few weeks ago. I thought, right, with the games in hand, Rotherham and Wigan were clear, and we were just fighting for playoffs. But just to say, as the weeks have gone by, we've gone on this form. We haven't actually lost since Doncaster at home. Um, we've gone, we've gone to Sunderland and won in that period. We've gone to Rotherham and won. Um, we've drawn with Wigan. We've drawn with Ipswich. Um, and just everything seems to have clicked it at just the right time. You just hope that we can finish this season strongly. Um, I mean, here's a spoiler: we haven't done very well in the playoffs when we've been in the playoffs. But uh, there's always the there's always the anomaly and uh, you'd hope if we do get to Wembley, we can get the job done because uh, I think for consistency this season, as you say, Wigan and Rotherham have probably been the two sort of big boys that have been always top two pretty much. But to, I wouldn't say we have the smallest budget out of the top six, but it, it isn't as big as what people think. Um I think people think we bought my wife, so therefore we've got money. But it, it, from what I've heard, it's been a lot cheaper than people have said. We've got fantastic loans in like Troy Parrott, Theo Corbinu, Connor Coventry. Um, and then we've even got players like Kieran Boateng that can't even get a, a place on um, on the pitch at the minute. And um, Matt Smith and uh, Dan Kemp, who we signed in January, have barely featured because the squad's just so strong and together. And... If you th also think in January, we lost Max Waters and we lost Peter Chioso, who were absolutely phenomenal that first half of the season. And, and we're still third and only a point behind Wigan uh, going into the last stretch of the season. It's just been phenomenal and probably still pinching myself now that we're here. Hey, Mark, first world problems, eh? I know. To, to, oh, to, to me, to squad, worry. I'm so jealous. Squad, I know, players being I know, out. You know what? You know what though? Like it is. It's good. It's. I mean, it's both flips of the coin, isn't it? I mean, I spoke to Crew fan previously and Lincoln fan, and you know, like a Sales, it's you know, you sort of finishing the season out, and it's yeah, you've got that sort of negativity because you're at the bottom. Um, but yeah, we we found a lot of positive uh, stuff recently, haven't we? Because it's. I mean, I remember when we were we're doing this just after Christmas. 
and it, it was a terrible, terrible time. You know, not scoring goals and um, not even having shots on target. And you know, this is how bad it was, Jonathan. It yeah. was getting to the point of like, you know, do we even want to just talk about it? <laughs> yeah. And then we've we've had this positive surge in the last few weeks. Um, so yeah, it was. It, it's good to end the season on a high, though. But yeah, yeah. Hey, John, can I ask a quick question, mate? Yeah. Um, you mentioned there about your record in the playoffs. Have you ever played Town in the playoffs before, Shrewsbury? <laughs> um, <laughs> we well, I, I only started following them sort of the season before we got promoted to the championship. But judging from yeah. your tone of the question, they probably have played you in the playoffs. No, it was um, it was the season when you were in the hockey stadium, and um, and it was also coincided coincided with our last season at Gay Meadow. Um, and um, yeah, we uh, we went into the second leg away, needing to to beat you basically, and you absolutely battered us. And um, somehow we we found two goals, one two one, and and ended up at what it was the first league playoff final at, at the new Wembley. But um, so like the history between Shrewsbury, I know people joke about the history, but like one of my fondest memories um, as a Shrewsbury Town fan is, is massively involves MK Don. So I, I'll always. I'll always remember I'm sure, that, you know. I'm sure, Jonathan, I put that in the trash talk last week as one of my favourite away games as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you did. I remember I remember you saying, and I know the uh, I know the chairman of the MKDSA messaged me about that because obviously I, with me sort of following them sort of later than some people, sort of yeah. I'm still picking up on bits of history. Like, yeah, I've, uh, yeah. Like the, I wasn't even there for the Heal of God and uh, things like that. And it's, it's uh, it's good to uh, learn about the history of the club, and as you say, um, I think we've had some good playoff ties with Peterborough in the past and Huddersfield, and you, you just say, from what I've been told, playoffs isn't our strongest strongest yeah. card. But do you know who was playing that... for MK Dons that day? This was two thousand and seven. Two thousand and seven MK Dons. Well, you want about the goal scorer. Them. No, no. Um, Lewington, Andrews, Lewington, he's still there. Is oh, Lewington, your left back. Oh, yeah, hi, he's, yeah, he's been there he's all that time. Phenomenal. He's just—I don't know how he does it. He just game by game, and just every person that's come in to try and replace him has gone out the, gone out the, uh, gone out of the club. Um, they've they've tried. I mean, Zach Jules was. Brought in, but he's on loan at Fleetwood now. Um, oh, Zach Jules, yeah. God, give yeah, me he's a trooper, yeah, yeah. Oh, terrible player. Oh, <laughs> I could say that. We could say that about Landell when he was on loan with us. Honestly, that's. <laughs> um, he actually, um, when Robbie Nielsen got sacked at Northampton, um, there were a lot of the fans outside uh, Sixfields uh, wanting wanting answers off off Nielsen, and Landell actually came out and. Uh, didn't give a good impression of himself and uh, allegedly st- tried to start a fight with the fans and uh, it wasn't a pretty sight and he's not been universally loved since then. Um, I know no a lot way. of the were a bit good that he didn't make the second half because we were ready to give him abuse. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. He's our captain now. Yeah, I mean, as you said, I was expecting Aaron Pierre to be next to him and then when mm. he was like, oh. Well, he's like, barely that. played all season. Really? Yeah, he's been ever since he, he went away with um, Grenada before the season started to um, 
uh, it was some competition. Oh, it might have been the Gold Cup, um, you know, with the Caribbean and the North American teams are involved. And um, he come back um, overweight, very unfit. And um, ever since then, it's been slim pickings, hasn't it, Mark? Hello? Oh. Mark, you there? <laughs> Is it just us two? I think so. <laughs> we'll wait for him. Um, but yeah, basically, Pierre, it was... Um, yeah, it's been slim pickings for him ever since. I mean, we've been playing full-backs at, at centre-half instead of him. Um, you know, so it's been difficult. Right, guys, I'm back. Yeah. Sorry about that. I get my charger. <laughs> uh, no worries. No, we're just saying I about inter- Pierre. I didn't want to interrupt um, you talking about a... Um, Ebank Landau masterclass, so I'll just let you crack on with it. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying about Pierre, mate, but um, it's been slim pickings this season for him. It, I even had fullbacks playing at centre half instead of him. Ah, uh, Pierre, man, like, what's happened to him? Well, uh, he came back from that Gold Cup, didn't he? Overweight, unfit, and um, Cottrell hasn't fancied him since. No, he's not. He's not happy with him, is he? No, no. But, uh, um, what did you think about Cottrell's reaction after the game for the second goal? I mean, from where you were sat, Rob, did you think that it was a foul in the build-up for the um, second goal? I don't, I don't know. I'll be completely honest. I don't know if it was a foul because I couldn't see from down the other end. Um, the only thing that frustrated me, and, and I know the, the character to this would be, well, it's own, the ref stops the game if it's a head injury. Otherwise, you play on. Um, there have been a few instances during the game and to be fair it was one for both sides um, where a player had gone down and the ref had blown his whistle immediately um, neither were head injuries um, so I thought there would have been a bit of consistency there that um, as soon as um, Fauna was down especially with being on the edge of a box I mean they were practically playing it round him um, and then for it to lead to the goal it did leave a bitter taste in my mouth but I suppose by the letter of the law, it wasn't a head injury and it was the referee's discretion, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think I think you're right there, Rob, with that one. It's it's one of those. You, you see him given in some well, games. If it's down the I'm... other end, you're probably screaming for the ball to be kicked out, aren't you, John? But um, it, it's, yeah, it's one of them. It's, um, it's in the eye of the beholder, but the ref technically didn't do anything wrong because, like I say, it wasn't a, it wasn't a head injury. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously wasn't expecting a goal out of it and obviously Twiney did what he does and made some space for himself and gave Morosi no chance, had it right in the corner. Yeah, um, Morosi's been one of those goalkeepers against us that always seems to have a worldie of a game as well, so it was nice to score a couple against him. And uh, yeah, I, I just, when he went down, I thought, oh, he's going to blow for a foul because I thought it was a foul in the first place, but... When you look back at it on TV, it, it, uh, he seems to be already going down before, um, mm. before he gets gets touched. I think, but okay. this is, we, we've played to the whistle, we've uh, taken advantage, and uh, yeah, it was it was just this. I just thought it was yeah, it's never nice to be on the other end of something like that, is it? I mean, if it was like I say, if it was down the other end, you'd probably be in a, in a similar camp to us. But well, you know, the referee didn't stop the game, and the and um, you can't go run into the, our players can't go run into the ref saying you should have stopped. No, you need to be you need to be switched on until the until the um, you know the whistle goes for me. Yeah, no, you're spot on there, Rob. I mean, I was just about to say, jump in there, and, and you, you you're right. At the end of the day, regardless of whether they think it's a foul, we think it's a foul. Um, not everyone's going to agree on it, but the thing that the thing you always taught basics in football, like you mentioned, Jonathan, is play to the whistle. Um, 
because if you don't play to the whistle, you're going to get punished, or, or you know, and, and that's exactly what happened. So we've only got ourselves to blame. And if you look at it, the two goals, like as much as, as well as MK Don's played, and we were poor in our finishing, um, the two goals could have been stopped by basically being switched on, really, in both goals. Yeah. And it's something that we've been very good at, and we just switched off for both of them. So we've only got ourselves to blame. And let's face it, that second goal. Um, wasn't the reason why we lost um, that, the, no. the game. You know, yeah, we, we could have still been in it, but um, if we'd finished our chances the first half, we wouldn't be, um, it would have been a different game. So, goals change games, and so does, you know, and, and so do referees sometimes, I suppose. But in this instance, I think it was a, a fair decision. Um, it's one of those, like you say, it can go either way, and we just didn't do our job. And, you know, like I say, we just move on from that. Um, but it is it is frustrating from a, a fan point of view. But like as an MK Don fan, I'm sure you were delighted to take advantage of the uh, the situation. Oh, uh, absolutely! I, I thought on speaking on the ref, I thought he was maybe a bit card happy for you. I think Bowman got booked early in the first half for a challenge on on Darling that looked a bit fifty fifty. Yeah. Um, Elliot Bennett, then I think he pulled Twine back, and I don't know. I don't know if Twine had words with him, but then Bennett pushed him back down. But Twine's got the Twine's got a knack of going down a bit too easily. Some sometimes um, he, gave a, a bit, a he gave him a right, a bit like a like a Luke Leahy type of player. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I thought yeah. the Vela one, the Vela one was cynical. Um, you were obviously you were going to break, weren't you? And he pulled him back. Yeah. But but as you said, you just want refs to be consistent. I mean, we had we had Bobby Mudley against Wigan, and it just seemed that it was so pro Wigan, it was unbelievable. I mean, he even booked one of our players for for getting fouled. But <laughs> I, I was like, but he's been pulled back, and you could see like even Liam Manning was getting frustrated, and he he doesn't normally get frustrated on the on the sidelines, and uh, you just want consistency at this level of referee. But I don't think you're ever going to get that. I'm sure yeah, we've all got um, good luck with that. Yeah. yeah absolutely. It, it never it's changes. Heavy. It doesn't matter whether you're watching a game in England, abroad, Wales, or even up here in sunny Scotland. Yeah, the, the refs are probably worse up here in Scotland, to be fair, but the refs are just <laughs> terrible. Um, you know what? I'm a, I'm a, my favourite ever referee were the old school referees. I remember I used to love um, Graham Pole, like he was a good ref. I actually quite liked him, but the one that was the best was that Italian guy, Kalina. Oh, Kalina, <laughs> what a referee he was! Yeah. No shit. No one messed with him. No one messed with him. Nah, I've he actually just... I've read I've read his book. It's really good. You should get it. I might have to. Uh, I might have to borrow that off you, Rob. You might Mate, I'll send. I'll, can, I'll send it up to you. Yeah, yeah. Good lad. I love it. I love a. I love a good book. You know, I love a good yeah. book. Yeah. Um. It's better than listening to me and you on a podcast, eh? Bloody is. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but so so I mean, we'll, we'll move on then, Jonathan, from the match. Then, so you sort of touched on it briefly. So when did you start supporting MK Dons? And let us know for the viewers that don't know you. Well, originally I lived up. I was born up in in Newcastle, so I was I was brought born and bred sort of Newcastle fan and then we move a fam- family moved down to um Northampton area um about 2012 13 and I then 
I then got a job over in, in Buckingham and I made some really good friends over there. And then one day I had a spare Saturday off and my actual first game was Peterborough away in the, our first promotion season to the championship. Um, and from then on, I sort of just got the bug, went to a few home games that season. And then the following season, I managed to transfer jobs. So I managed to get a season ticket and I haven't looked back since. And I've had some memorable memorable days um obviously i think i've been yeah i've been to your i've been to shrewsbury twice i think i was there for the one one just before lockdown on valentine's day yeah um i think i think we scored late and then hit the bar or something um to get an equalizer or it could be the other way around but i i enjoy doing the ground hopping haven't done as much this season but uh hopefully change that sooner rather than later. But no, I've had some really good days following MK Don's home and away. And uh, yeah, it's just a brilliant club to be part of. Um, it's just massive. Everyone knows everyone at Milton Keynes because we've got such a small fan base and it's just a brilliant thing to be part of. Brilliant. I, I said to said to Mark that um, certainly I, I'm not I don't know about your training ground, but I'd imagine that it's pretty good can, you know, if you, if you're looking at your stadium, but um, the one word I used for for you guys was future proof. Um, you know, it, it, you're ready. It's there. Um, you know, you've you've held some big events there. You know, the stadium's ready. Um, the style of play is well. It's already there, ready for the championship. Um, I mean, you've had your you, your chairman's been there a long time now, and um, you know he's got big ambitions still. He, you can tell. I, I saw him get interviewed before the game, and. Um, you can just see the love for the club. He ain't going anywhere anytime soon, is he? And um, uh, yeah, it's it's a, it's a great project. And um, you know, where where do you see them in the next five to ten years? Do you think that they could eventually end up in the Premier League? For the next five to ten years, I'd hoped that we'd be a stable Championship club. I'd like to think we could follow the model of sort of Blackpool from last season. Um, yeah. And. It, it, it comes down to a lot of things. It comes down to our head of recruitment, Liam Sweeten, who's just been sensational since he's started that role. Uh, if you told me we would have Mo Iser, Troy Parrott, Scott Twine in the same side, and watching them week on week, and Jamie coming in, um, I'm to say we're not we're not paying money. We're, we're being clever. We didn't pay any money for Harry Darling. We didn't pay much money for Warren O'Hora. We're we're just clever with what we have. And I think a lot of people assume because our stadium's what it is that we've got more money than than we have. But um, it's it's just nice to be future proof. We've got a manager who 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 sort of kept is all about the culture. Um, he's obviously got his Man City links as well. Um, and you say about the training ground. If I told you we trained at a, a secondary school still, that, you'd probably be surprised. Really. So, yeah, that is, that is a surprise. That is a surprise. Yeah. At the minute, we've uh, we've got planning permission. At the, I don't know if you guys have ever been to the MK Bowl before uh, for any concerts or anything, but we've got we just received planning permission last year to build a, a state-of-the-art training ground there. Oh, wow. Um, so hopefully in the future we've got that, because I think that's what's maybe held us back previously when players have come. And they've seen the stadium and seen the facilities and then they've gone to the training ground and thought, oh, is that it? And it's yeah. just uh, it's just a part of the progression um, and it's brilliant to be part of. Yeah, and with, with a good training ground comes, um, you know, what 
what comes beneath that. You know, your academy would would thrive as well, wouldn't it? Absolutely. I mean, we've we've got a good. We've always had a good academy. Where, I mean, we have obviously had Deli Ali. We've had yeah. George Baldock, Sam Baldock. Um, we've had uh, who else have we had? Shay Ojo. He's come through the our academy, and probably the more recent one is Brandon Thomas Asante, who's uh, mm. stepping up for Stafford at the minute down in League Two. He he came through our academy, as did Sam Nombe at Exeter. So yeah, did the goalkeeper yeah. come from you guys, David Martin, as well? Uh, yes, the one who ended yes. up at Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, see, see, you mentioned those players, and that Jonathan, obviously one that sticks out to everyone um, is Deli Ali. Now, Deli Ali was a it was a great player. Like um, you know, when he first came through at such a young age, would you feel as though that? We talked about this at the start, you know, when we came on about how you had to earn that respect, not with fans, but do you feel as though you've had to earn that sort of um, trust with clubs in terms of, um, you know, borrowing young players on loan um, because you've, you've now got that sort of blueprint of playing good football. So the likes of, say, Pep Guardiola, who likes to play that great passing football and, and other clubs in the Premier League will look at likes of maybe clubs lower down like MK does and think, well, they play the same sort of style. That's what I want my players to be playing and then they can come back stronger into the, the first team fold. So do you feel like someone like Deli Alley as well, having that connection with Tottenham, is that why you've been able to get someone like maybe Troy Parrott coming to your club? Because obviously you've had that connection in the past. Good shot. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's a big part of it. We had a pre-season friendly with them and... Um, we weren't expecting anything, and then the next morning it was it was announced Troy Parrott was was uh, coming on loan. But that was when Russell Martin was there. But you think now our five loans? I think they're all yeah. We've got Theo Corbinu from Wolves. You've got Connor Coventry from West Ham. You've got Parrott from Tottenham. You've got Kane Kessler Hayden from Aston Villa. So there's four Premier League clubs that have intro- oh and Jamie coming from Chelsea. So that's five <laughs> really good. Uh, yeah, so Premier no, League clubs, and you, they say it's, it's it's the trust. They 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 know they're going to get game time. They know they're going to play a certain way, so it it makes sense. I, th- I think we're like like Shrewsbury, a sim like a very small version of MK Dons set in terms of they've got a very good youth setup, but they don't probably use it as much until Cottrell's come in. So we had a period of where we had like obviously Joe Art, Dave Edwards, then. Ryan Woods, Connor Goldson coming through and we sold them on for big money. Um, and then we had a bit of a John Taylor as well. And then we had a stock gap. And then obviously Cottrell's come in and given a chance to young players and even signed young players, you know, but, you know, players like Better, he brought in last year and sold on for good money. Um, he, he, you know, so we've sort of followed some sort of similar path. And we're starting to get like young players in like Bloxham and that now. So, and we've also had a good loan history in general, with Premier League, you know, we've got Godfrey, Henderson, um, to name but two. Um, so I do feel as though that is the way forward, but it's about getting that trust. And I think sometimes we've probably, I mean, I don't think we're going to get a lone player from Newcastle United anytime soon after the way we treated our last one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, was a, that was a terrible move. But in terms of, yeah, it's, um, it's quite interesting. It's about building, see, when you're a small club, um, or a, a club, even a big club, but in, in the lower reaches of League One and League Two, it's about building those connections with the bigger clubs. And yeah, you, you're right. Um, I mean, looking at your loans there, all from Premier League clubs, and 
there is that trust by the looks of it. And I mean, you only have to look at the way you're playing this year and people will go, well, they lose those five players going into next season. But, you know, I'm sure that next season you'll have a better chance of getting better calibre of players from Premier League clubs that, you know, not getting games as well. So, um, it's, it's, what, what do, you, do you think the loan system works well or would you prefer to have just one or two or what's your opinion on it? I always think you've got to have the, the five for the match day squad in in your squad. Um, I mean, as I say, we got rid of, well, three loan players went back in January and we were, we replaced them all. Um, Max Waters went back to Cardiff and just hasn't had a sniff. Uh, I think he's fallen out with Steve Morrison and probably the whole of the Cardiff City fan base after liking a Swansea um, post on Instagram. No um, way. <laughs> yeah, wow, absolutely. Why would you do that? Uh, so there's that. And then Ethan, we got, had Ethan Robson from, from Blackpool, who that was the one that we weren't sure on because Blackpool fans were waxing lyrical about him, yet Sunderland fans were saying he was the worst midfielder they've ever had. And he <laughs> came in. Um, and then Peter Chioso, who came through our academy, ironically, and we sold him to Luton. Um, Luton fans weren't happy about that either because uh, there is there is quite a rivalry because we're obviously geographically we're quite close yeah. Um, yeah. and as you say it's just I think with the long players they've just got to add the extra the extra quality to what you've got I mean we had Carlton Morris on loan under Russell Martin twice and he he was a step above whatever what we had striker wise at the club at the time apart from Reese Healy mm-hmm. who we sold for over a million pounds to lose and now it looks like he's on the brink of promotion so mm. yeah we we had Carlton Morris on loan um, a couple of years ago yeah I think he got some unfair flack at MK Dons he, he wasn't getting as many goals as I think under you guys he was scoring for fun wasn't he that season from yeah, he, got ten, he got 10 goals but he was more of a player that would bring other players into games and I think that yeah, like he's not going to be a a 20 goal season striker but he'll give you the work rate and a, you know, a bit like we talk about Udo like, but I think he's just got that that strength and that um, I mean to be fair he's, he's playing well at Barnsley at the minute and he's he's dra- he's probably single-handedly take, dragging them to potential safety you know so he, he's um, he is a good player and like you say I think he did get a bit of luck because Rob who was he also had a, um, um, he had a bad injury he, as well didn't he yeah he had a bad injury but yeah Rob was saying he's not he sort of too keen on him as well so it's a bit of a weird one that with how he was at MK Dons but I mean he is another example of um, getting good players from higher up Um, I mean didn't you have a I was quite surprised at the player you got from Norwich this season was it Martin? Josh Martin Martin. yeah that that was that was that was a Russell Martin signing if ever there was one because he he waxed lyrical about him saying he was going to be the next best thing and we were going to excite League One and he barely got a, a sniff because his position is covered by Scott Twine and for me, you have to be an exceptional player in League One to, to take Scott Twine's position and he just never, ever got a look in it. It was a real strange signing um, considering everything and he's obviously gone to Doncaster and he's got the game time he deserves and he's contri- well, say contributing to a very poor side, I say that we lost to them twice this season. So what what do I know? Um, Did you but, lose at home as well? Jesus. Yeah, Christ. we lost home and away to Doncaster. 
I knew you lost away 3-2, but I didn't realise you lost at home. That is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> saying, that, saying that, I'm going to reserve judgment because we've got them at home um, uh, over the Easter period. And talking to Doncaster at home, we've actually, we're holding the uh, Her Game um, for the campaign. Obviously, we support as well as many others, which is a fantastic um, campaign. Uh, done. It's coming up to a year in May. Um Obviously, that's our sort of day, isn't it, Rob? So that'll be a yeah, her game too. I've yeah. got a bit of flack on social media for um, making it cheaper for girls, which was a uh, I don't know if shoes be meant well and what they're trying to do, but it does come across as a bit. Um, I don't know the the whole point of uh, her game. I suppose is about equality and that. So I suppose um, there's a bit of mixed argument. What's your take on that? Just out of interest. Mine. Uh, oh, I. Oh, sorry, go on. No, no, go on, pal. You okay? Uh, I say we 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 had our her game two night. Um, I think it was a few Tuesdays ago against against Cheltenham, and I think it's a a phenomenal campaign. Um, I speak to Kaz quite regularly. Um, obviously, you know Lucy as well. Two of the co-founders and uh, the Rovers uh, fans. Yeah, yeah, the two Bristol Rovers fans, and uh, yeah, it's it's growing and it's brilliant to see. I mean, I I, I don't get these fans that abuse women say they don't know anything about football and get back in the kitchen because I know some females at Milton Keynes Dons that are, that have got probably better football knowledge than I have, believe it or not. And it's just, uh, you just think, why in this day and age have we got to be be like that, really? It's, it's, it's just, it just feels like it's back in the Stone Age. And it's great that a campaign like Her Game 2 is... Um, going from strength to strength, I think Charlton today announced their affiliation with her game too as well. So they're getting there. It's just it's just people... getting more Premier League clubs on board. I think there's only maybe Everton and one other that are um, signed uh, up. For it. I might be wrong. Leeds, I think Leeds is the uh, other Leeds. One. I said I Leeds. Yes, that's right. Leeds. I think the only pe- um, the people that oppose it have a problem. I think that, and that is the reason why this sort of thing still needs to happen. You know, these initiatives that they're in. Fantastic yeah. work I mean, in the communities and um, yeah. I yeah. mean, I mean, I know shoes we've made it cheaper for the girls and that, and there was a lot of flack on that from shoes. We're saying this like gives the wrong image, and I can see what they're saying in one way, but at the same point, um, that's why her games here. It's not, it's not going to be like that forever. It's just a one-off game to try and promote it, and I think the people yeah. that sort of um, got a disagreement about it, it's their opinion. But at the same point, like you say, Rob. Um, why why get all hot up about it? It's just something that shoes we want to do that, uh, to promote it as well as all the other clubs have done on their days. And yeah, and I think it's a great campaign. Um, it shows that um, you know it's 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 an equal game, and I'm proud enough to take my my five five and a half year old to go watch Kilmarnock, a local team, every week. And um, I would love for Kilmarnock to sign up for it, um, because it's a great thing. Um. And, and it is something that needs to be spread more and more. And not just her game, obviously, everything else in the game as well. You know, there's a lot of, um, you know, stuff that gets thrown about, you know, in terms of sexuality and all that as well. And yeah. and it's just it's just something that you, you could get away with. Well, you, should, you shouldn't have been able to get away with years ago. Um, but, but it is something that has to be highlighted now. And I think social media and... And all this, you know, whether it's a podcast you're talking on or, or just general chat, I think it's it's a great way to spread it. There's also the um, the danger of idiots coming on 
and uh, ruining good work, like you say, that has been done um, from many people. So it's just one of those we have to live with. But I think the, the more we talk about these sort of things, Jonathan, you'll agree, and Rob, that it's um, it can only get better. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, the one thing I would say as well about the prices of the tickets, I think it's um, pretty hypocritical of um, people to to criticise that, in my opinion, because um, at the end of the day, um, getting more sort of females into the game, coming to support the game, play the game, that can only be good for, speaking from a Shrewsbury Town point of view, good for the club. And, um, you know, that's a new category of supporter that we could potentially get in. Um, and, you know, people aren't moaning when we're doing kids for a quid to bring more more children through and, and have that category of, um, of fan coming through the gates. So why is it an issue to try and get more females through the door? Um, a, a bit a bit like what, what John's just said there, you know, um, we have... Um, a lot of female fans, I, I can't, shouldn't even be referring to them as female fans, they're just fans. Um, but there are, there are, um, you know, females around us, and you chat about the game, and it doesn't even cross your mind that, um, that they are of the opposite sex. And, and if that does cross your mind, then you're part of a problem. Yeah, you shouldn't even have to think about it. You should be actually um, supporting it and saying, well done, Shrewsbury, for doing what many other clubs are doing. And it's, it's really sad that we've just had to sort of mention it. The only reason I mentioned it was because it's a topic that was on um, the thing last week and what some fans brought it up. And I was like, it, it, it was making out Shrewsbury to be a, a bad club by, by making some sort of bad decision. But like you say, you know, we offer kids for a quid and, you know, you, you, it's just it's, it's a one-off game just to try and promote it and, and show their support for it. And I think it's quite sad that, people have had to sort of be like, oh, instead of being like, oh, that's, that's, that's good, that's a good idea, um, they've had to sort of slate it. But that's 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 the way it is. So, you know, not everyone's going to agree. Um, but it's great that we're doing it on, on the uh, Easter weekend and, and hopefully there'll be lots of families there, um, whether it's male, female, kids, the what, whatever, supporting a great day and hopefully we'll get a win as well. So um, even though I'm not going to be there, I know you will be, Rob, and uh, yeah. I'm just going to be looking forward to hopefully watching it as well. Yeah. Um, but before we finish off, um, I want to ask, so we sort of covered really why you support Newcastle then, because you were from there originally. So tell me about your first memories of Newcastle. Because this is also a two-club, one-love um, affiliation. Um, so Rob's second team is Liverpool. Uh, mine's Kilmarnock. Um, but obviously, we've you been a Newcastle fan, Liverpool and Newcastle had some good ding dong battles in the uh, mid nineties, didn't they? With just those four a bit. three games. Yeah, yeah just, just a bit. bit. <laughs> um, John, have um, have Newcastle played MK Dons in your time? Because I've had a few issues the last few years. I've had three games in three years where Shrewsbury have played Liverpool in the cup, and it's been bloody horrible. Uh, no, not yet. Um, I think Newcastle are one of the very few clubs that we've actually played competitively. Um, we play. I think we played Liverpool. I think we played Liverpool for the first time competitively was it two, three seasons ago in the Carabao Cup. That's right, I yeah. Came yeah. To, that was the, I think James Milner managed to get sneak one underneath our reserve goalkeeper and then it was a formality from then. And uh, yeah, it's, it, they, they haven't played and I honestly don't know what I'd be like if they ever sort of played because obviously you've got allegiances to both sides. and It's hard a lot. Yeah, I can imagine... And, uh... it's, it's quite interesting what you mentioned there. I was just um, you were saying about like 
back back to MK Dons, it's one of the sides you're not playing competitively, and I'm thinking you've only been along a certain period of time. And that's this is not to have a dig. This is more like a, an actual observation more than anything that. Obviously, Shrewsbury have been around for God knows how I mean, since 1886. Our only competitive game we've never played is Tottenham Hotspur, and we hope to get them in the cup every year. And um, it's, it's amazing that you've probably not, you've probably played some club, not played any clubs yet, but in considering your history, you've been from like Championship to League Two. So you've, and then there's obviously teams in the Premier League that would have played in the Championship and that. At the time, so you've probably played, like you say, most of the teams of the seventy-two, <laughs> um, or the ninety-six. So it's it's quite it's quite interesting when you mention that there that they, when you said Newcastle's probably one of very few. So you probably it'd be interesting to see how many you've not actually played competitively in your um, in your history. And I, I want I want you to go away and find that, that number afterwards, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I will do. I mean, I know we definitely haven't played Man City competitively, um, or Arsenal. Um, you played Man United, haven't you? Yeah, so. we played Man United. We've played Liverpool. We've played Chelsea. Uh, we've played Leicester when Leicester were down in League One that season. Um, so there can't be too. We haven't played Everton, and that's what a lot of our fans are, are saying. That it could be a situation where Everton get relegated and we get promoted, and we go to somewhere like Goodison Park, which for a club that's so young would be an amazing experience. Still, I'm sure Rob would love Everton to get relegated this season. I really, I really wouldn't. You know, I'm not one no? of these where I'd, I, I like to see. Um... I like to see the derbies and um, I'm not one of these fans that uh, I know a lot of Wolves fans and they're delighted when Albion went down and I thought, well, why wouldn't you want to play them? They're the games that you, you know, you really get up for, but um, no, not, not for me. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. It'd be very funny if they did, but um, no, no, I'd rather them stay up to be honest. So, so, so Jonathan, tell me, tell me what it's like when MK Dons play Sunderland. Uh the past few times has been brilliant because we've gone up there twice and, and won and then we've drawn and lost once down here and it's a bit uh, there's obviously a bit of, bit of banter I've got a few members of family and a couple of friends that are Sunderland fans and at the minute actually in fairness this season they want us to go up rather than Wigan for some reason they've got a hatred against Wigan I don't know what that stems from but it's uh, it's, it is interesting it's a bit nerve wracking Probably not as nerve-wracking as if uh, if Newcastle ever ever faced them, but yeah, it's uh, certainly interesting. And um, oh. and also, Rob, shall we shall we talk about a certain striker? <laughs> Go on. World Greg's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, right? Honest to God, I've never known there was literally two so transfer windows where Will Greg. Uh, was probably like on Twitter himself laughing at the Shrewsbury fan base and then decided, nah, I'm just going to go to MK Dons. And then, oh. yeah, I mean, there were twice that that happened, was it not? It was yeah. All, yeah. Yeah, it was just, it was, it was cruel to watch. Um, but yeah, the World Grig saga is like, it's a running thing now with uh, Shrewsbury fans, Jonathan, where oh. we're going to sign World Grig again. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we have signed um, him at some point, but <laughs> we've been linked with him so many times. 
didn't wasn't he at Shrewsbury in the summer or something, and then decided Rotherham at the last minute? I'm sure yeah. I read something like that. He was he was literally at Shrewsbury, ready to sign, and then Rotherham came in. Yeah, he, he didn't. He he, he, um, he had one look at Shrewsbury and thought, God, what am I doing there? <laughs> he probably uh, met Cottrell. I uh, he, he um you're right. It, it, I, the rumor was he was he was all ready to sign and and it was all going to be done. I can't remember if it was in the tran in the winter transfer window or not, I but I can't remember yeah. which one it was. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm that lost with all these windows and Will Green rumors that it could have been every window. But yeah, he, he went to Rotherham in the end, and he so. But it was so annoying because when he went to MK Dons the first time, and obviously went back to you, um. I think we beat you 4-2, but he, he scored, um, and that was annoying, even though we beat you. It was annoying that we had to concede a world good goal as well. But, yeah, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, in his first season, I think I think, um, it, I think deep down, though, he, he started off at Walsall and he thought, no, nah, I can't do it. I can't go from, like, you know, an ex-Walsall player to, to, to Shrewsbury. But he, he, um, he had a good first spell with you, didn't he? Him and Benekophobi, they were great players. Absolutely. I mean, that I say that was the champion that first championship promotion season where um we were just we were just thrashing teams for fun. We scored seven against Oldham, six against Colchester, went to Barnsley, won five three. Um and Bloody just hell. goals. Rob Rob's goals. goals. <laughs> I think we scored what of these season. Um and it wasn't. It wasn't that Grig and Afobi were playing together. Carl Robinson deliberately picked Grig for one game and then would pick Afobi for the next one. And when the fans asked him about that in the fans forum, he said that he's done it deliberately to push each one of them to to be better for the next game. And it actually worked because Will Grig would go and score two, then Bannock would come and he'd score two the next game, and then Will Grig would score. And it it was just brilliant. But that squad well, it was Deli Ali, Lewis Baker, uh, Carl Baker. What a what a player he was, by the way. Um, Kyle McFadden in defence, who's doing really well for Coventry at the minute. Uh, obviously Dave Martin, and uh, yeah, that was that was a that was a memorable season. There were quite a few. I think Will Griggs scored away at Swindon, and that's when we started to believe that we could go up. And last day when uh, George Moncur. Ex AFC Wimbledon scored for Colchester to beat Preston and send us up. That was very very memorable day and something I'll always uh, cherish memory wise. Right, so you can't you can't beat going up. I remember when we did it away at Cheltenham and um, at home to Dagenham and um, unbelievable moments and yeah. obviously you know it's it's great being you know we've been there before and um, even getting into this the final at Wembley away at Bury and away at yourself at your hockey ground. You know, those moments, you never forget those moments. No. Um, and no. It, it's a great feeling. Liverpool at home in the cup, you know, you've had your cup moments thrashing United 4-0. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of good memories there. But um, it's funny you're saying there about the strikers uh, pushing one against the other. That's a great idea. I think that's where um, Cottrell went wrong with uh, Cosgrove, Rob. I think if he put Cosgrove on for one game, sucked them off, Cosgrove no, I think he scored a few more. No, I think he went wrong signing him, mate. To be honest, <laughs> we should we should not slag him off too much, should we? Uh, but no, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's a nice gentleman. But I'm sure he'll score the winner at the weekend as well. Oh, you oh, know what? Yeah. Col- 
Cosgrove has not actually scored a goal for um, AFC Wimbledon yet. So, Jonathan, there you go. He's going to score a last-minute winner and you are never going to speak to me and Rob ever again. No, I'll never speak to Rob. You are, Will, but probably not Rob. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like enemy number one here. Um, You know what? What we'll do is we'll do our predictions in a minute. But what I want you to do before we do predictions and wrap it up, Jonathan, um, I want you to give me your 1-11 to since you've been following MK Dons. I know it's a hard one off the cuff, but go for it. I'd probably say... David Martin goal just over Jamie coming because David Martin did it over a season. I'd then do a back four of probably George Baldock, Warren O'Hora, Harry Darling and Dean Lewington. And then I have a midfield four of Scott Twine, Deli Alley, um, Darren Potter, who really didn't get the credit he deserved as a defensive midfielder. Ex-Liverpool. Yeah, ex-Liverpool. And uh, Carl Baker on the right. And then the two up top. Oh, God. Oh, God. Now we... <laughs> I wish I had this. I, I wish I know, yeah. Rob had this struggle. I'm going to say Will Grigg is one of them. And I'd probably... Yeah, Reese Healy. Because when he when he was here... He was a bit. He as soon as he got the ball, no matter where he was, you knew that it was going to be a moment of magic or a goal. And I say we sold him for over a million pounds to lose, and looks like he's getting promoted this season. I think he scored nearly twenty goals in League Two in France, which I know was a farmers' league. But to go over to Europe and do that, I think is phenomenal. Um, I was a bit good that we because we had the chance to sign him permanently in that January, but unfortunately that was the time where Emiliano Sala passed away, um, Cardiff. Otherwise we were going to get him permanently. Um, And I think that's what, what cost us that season. But yeah, that's my, my one to 11. I've I've never heard that story before, that that was a knock on from a Sala thing. Yep. Never heard that before. Yep. Salah was all ready to sign for Cardiff and then he was we on his way get, wasn't he yeah he was on his way Reese Healy was still on loan and then Cardiff had said right we'd agreed a fee and everything and yeah as I say unfortunately what transpired uh, oh, wow. for Salah and everything that's, um, yeah, I mean it's a sad event obviously what happened there, there was yeah. something yeah. in the news about that recently I think about what happened yeah it's still well. been going on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but I mean to think that you know there, there was that that happened and then you know you could have been signing him as well obviously that goes irrespective as to what happened but of course, yeah. Um, but yeah same point but I mean listening to your team though I mean that midfield's just ridiculous in itself. Yeah, it's but, a joke. I mean, it just goes to show like how MK Dons have built such good players and a, a good playing squad over the last few years. I mean, there's players there you've left out that I can think of as well. I'm thinking, wow, you know, you've left some some good players and all. But I mean, that yeah, I mean, that's that's an embarrassing of riches. Um, a really good squad, but no, I mean, um, we've we'll, we'll got predictions now. So, so we have got the Tractor Boys at home this weekend. I am going to go first, Rob, and I'm going to okay. go for a, a 1-0 win. Okay. Um, Udo's going to get the winner. Okay. Um, I'm not feeling as confident as you, I don't think. Um, I think Saturday Saturday really sapped it out of me. Um, 
Cheers, John. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't. I'll go one all. I'll go one all, and I'll say Leahy. Leahy. John, 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 John's mate, Leahy. John mates, Leahy, the one that always. Yeah, he'll probably what he'll probably do is he'll roll over and won't get hardly touched, and then he'll just ping in a free kick, and then yeah. Just typical yeah. Leahy style. And um, Jonathan, we'll we'll do predictions of Wimbledon, so it's only fair that you predict the Shrewsbury Ipswich game. So what, what prediction are you gonna go for? I'm gonna say your home form's pretty good. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with a one all draw. Uh, I think Ipswich are gonna bring quite a few fans, um, like they normally do. Um I think Ipswich is just going to dominate possession as well. Uh, believe it or not, they have more possession this season than we do on average. Really? Um, That's <laughs> Yeah. It, it's just ridiculous. And the quality of their squad and the fact that James Norwood's only just come in, the fact Joe Piggott can't get in the side. and I just think it's going to, going to be a draw. I think true for you, as you say, step up when the, when the big boys come into town and... Uh, yeah, one old draw for me. Good. Well, hopefully you, you two are wrong and I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but to be fair, um, I think I would I'd be happy with a draw as well because Ipswich are a good side. So uh, I'm not going to grumble at a draw, but obviously I have to back him for a win. Um, so you go first then, Jonathan, your team. Go on. What do you reckon the goals? Uh, the score's going to be? So... Tomorrow night against Crew, I've got a feeling it's going to be one of those three, four nil. I'm going to go four nil games, um, and then Saturday, first visit down there. I think it's going to be tense. I think it's going to be bitty. I think they're going to sit back. They're going to make it difficult. I've just got this feeling. I don't know why. I've just got this massive feeling that Mo Isa is going to score at least two that game. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 away win at AFC Wimbledon. Good man. Rob, do you want to go first or me? Um, I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. Go on, um, I think you're going to absolutely spank crew. Um, they are the worst team I've seen this season. Um, and you are one of the best teams I've seen this season. Where's it at? Is it at home? At home, yeah? Yeah, it's at home. Yeah. Um, what did you say? I said four. I'm in, I'm in, in and around there. I won't, I won't copy you. I'll, I'll say, I'll say three, three nil. Um, and Saturday, I think Wimbledon will be up for it. I'll go one all on Saturday. Oh. Wow. Right. Well, not that. Um, so crew, I actually reckon you're going to smash them. Like I mean, smash them because they are absolutely crap. <laughs> <laughs> they are absolutely crap. Um, I think. I mean, if Fleet, if Fleetwood, who have not won in ages, can score three at their place, um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm going for a big one. Here. I'm going for six nil. Bloody hell! And I'm going oh. for a Scott. I'm going. I'm not going to go for the, all the goal scorers, but Scott Twine's going to get a hat trick. So, so that's that's out of the way. I'm, I'm being very generous to you there, <laughs> but unfortunately. I'm not going to be so generous on the next one. And the reason for it is nothing to do with what I mentioned before. I just think that, you know, when you get, you're on a good run, you get these mat, these awkward matches and you've got a Wimbledon team that's nearly gone half a season without winning. Like, you know, FC Wimbledon gone nearly half a season without winning. They need to win to stay up. And then they get a result when they least expect it. Any team down the bottom 
get a result and at least expect it. It's the first home game um, since the sacking of Mark Robinson. They were seconds away from a draw at Sheffield Wednesday. I reckon they'll be well up for this game and I reckon it's going to be a 1-0 win and I reckon Sam Cosgrove is going to get the winner. As well. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, and you know so what, right? It, you may laugh, you two, right? But I predicted Kilmarnock results a couple of weeks back and I, I predicted two of the three correct results. So I've got good history on recent prediction of results. Well, here. between us, between us, we've got all three results there in that game. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure Jonathan would rather not speak to us again. If uh, yeah, he's never coming on there again, is he? No. Yeah, and he's not going to invite us ever again. Or anything. But if he wins two one, he'd be sticking two fingers up at us as well. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, you know what, Jonathan? It has been such a pleasure speaking to you. Eventually, after technical issues, which was um, probably just due to the fact that I'm north of the border. <laughs> um, but. It's been great having you on. Great chat to you and um, good luck for the rest of the season as well. Yeah, nice to meet well, you, John. Well, thank you, Martin and Rob. It's been a pleasure speaking to you on all things football. Uh, good luck to Shrewsbury for the rest of the season and uh, I'm now going to drink some alcohol after that prediction from Martin, I think. I can't <laughs> <laughs> Make it a double. Uh, enjoy, enjoy your beverage, pal. Take care. Hmm. Thank you. Cheers, John.